Hello and welcome to the Birds and Braves podcast. I'm Luke Winstall. Thank you all for tuning in to today's show where I'll be talking about the Atlanta Hawks. This is episode 23, being recorded on March 18th of 2018. To start off, I'll look back on the trade deadline and what the Hawks really didn't do. They couldn't find the right deal for them in a trade. They stayed out. They didn't make any big splashes. The AJC reported that the Hawks did not add any players or draft picks before the NBA trade deadline. And GM Travis Schlenk said he examined the league landscape and determined that he should be able to make better deals this summer than the ones that he passed on this week. He said, we are in a position where we don't have to do a deal that we are not comfortable with. He said he couldn't find a trade that would allow the Hawks to maintain their financial flexibility and the team was seeking draft picks or promising young players on the trade market. He was quoted saying, we think salary cap space will be very valuable this summer, especially based on the way the deadline went. It's more important to maintain cap space next summer, and the Hawks are projected to be one of a few NBA teams to have significant salary cap space next summer. They can use that space to then absorb salaries and trades from teams looking to shed money, and Schlink has said the Hawks predicted as many as 16 teams will be subject to the luxury tax next season. That means there could be several teams that are looking to make cost-saving deals. And for Atlanta, overall, they just made the smart move. They didn't want to do anything that could mess them up in the future, since that is obviously what they're building for. And all of that is according to a report from the AJC back from the deadline. And basically, just to break that down, Schlenk probably got some offers for some deals that would have hurt the team, just like maybe what some Hawks fans would say happened with the Miles Plumley-Dwight Howard trade. The Hawks got rid of Howard. They got Plumley, though. It's a massive contract. He'll still be back next year on a big deal. Now Atlanta might have to shed that. It's going to be interesting how that works, but with the cap space Atlanta has, the draft picks they have that I'll talk about later on in the show, there was a very bright future, and the Hawks did not want to risk that by forcing a deal at the deadline. Now here is what they did at the trade deadline. Here's a bit of a recap of just the minor moves that happened. First off, Ersan Ilyasova and also Bellinelli were bought out, and they both signed with the 76ers, which hurt the Hawks in terms of shooting. They lost a lot of shooting from Bellinelli and Ilyasova. And also Luke Babbitt, another guy who could shoot the ball, was traded to the Heat for 25-year-old Okaro White, who was then waived right after the trade. Another Hawks trade that they made was an interesting one, and PeachtreeHoops.com wrote, in a bizarre move, the Hawks traded cash and an exceedingly protected 2019 second-round draft pick to the Washington Wizards for Sheldon Mack, and then they eventually waived him. Mack was currently out for the season with a torn Achilles. The move opened up a roster spot and also made the Hawks a little bit more flexible heading into the offseason. It was an interesting move, but really not much happened at the deadline. Now I'll move on and talk about John Collins. Now, as I'm recording this podcast, he actually just exited the Bucks game on March 17th with a left ankle sprain. But back in early March, Bobby Marks, Chris Herring, and Kevin Pelton from ESPN made a list of the top 25 players under 25 years old, but they snubbed John Collins. Some guys that did make that list from the 2017 draft class, Larry Markkanen and Lonzo Ball. And it's interesting Collins didn't make the list because at this point in the season, Collins is only behind Ben Simmons, who will likely win the NBA Rookie of the Year honor among rookies in PER on a permanent basis, and he's having an excellent and promising rookie season. And now moving on to Torian Prince. Back on March 12th, he had a career-high 38 points, and that was the most points in a single game scored by a Hawk this season. 
Over the past seven games, according to Soaring Down South's Jack O'Donnell, the Hawks' Torian Prince is playing like a borderline all-star. O'Donnell wrote, For the Atlanta Hawks, second-year wing Torian Prince has picked up his play considerably after a sluggish start to the season. And here's the thing that really interested me here. The stats over the past seven games. So if you look here, let's say you've got player A and player B. Player A is averaging 21.1 points per game, shooting 44%, averaging 5.7 rebounds, 3.1 assists, 1.7 steals, and 1 block per game. Also, player B, averaging 22.2 points per game, 46% shooting, with 4.7 rebounds, 4 assists, 0.8 steals, and 0 blocks per game. It turns out, player A has better stats in a few categories, but player B has the edge slightly. Player A is Torian Prince, and player B is DeMar DeRozan from the Toronto Raptors, who are among the top two or three teams in the East. DeRozan's an MVP candidate. Torian Prince, according to O'Donnell, and of course I agree from what I've seen, has been on an absolute tear lately. O'Donnell wrote, Prince has always been projected as a consistent 3 and D wing in today's NBA, but this recent outburst has opened up a new door for Prince that few thought he would reach. His scoring load of around 21 points per game is close to that of a number one scorer on some of the better teams in the NBA. That's really good to hear about Prince, and of course I saw Brad Rowland tweeted, you know, if Prince keeps this up, there's going to be a crazy hype train following him into the offseason. And really, that's a good thing for Hawks fans. Jumps up a little more interest in a rebuilding, tanking team. And for Prince, that's really big because that's one more piece that could be in place for the future. If he were to be a bust or to not pan out, that would likely set back Atlanta another year or two in terms of their rebuild, potentially, because he was drafted to be a starter on this team of the future and be a, a really good, consistent 3 and D player that this team would need as they look to move into contention. But if Prince can do more than that, that's going to be massive because he's still on his rookie deal. He's a young guy, not getting paid a whole lot. Part of the reason Atlanta has a lot of salary cap room now, that will likely change as Prince is going to get paid, especially if he keeps playing the way he is. But having Prince, having John Collins that are young stars, Dennis Schroeder on a decently affordable deal, that gives Atlanta a lot of cap room. You could potentially definitely see this team signing one max player if they were to look in that direction. But if not, the more likely route might be absorbing money through a salary dump, just like they did with Miles Plumley getting rid of Howard, picking up a draft pick, things like that. I think Atlanta could do that this offseason. And that would especially help them in the draft if they could pick up more picks. They already have a potential for three first-rounders. And now we'll give an injury update. Let's talk a little bit about the recent news regarding Kent Bazemore. He's out for the season with a bone bruise, and... Over the course of the season, he's been one of the best players, if not the best player, on the tanking Atlanta team. The decision was likely a combination of Atlanta trying to tank the final few weeks of the season, and also they're probably in no reason to rush him back from injury, with him being in the middle of a long-term deal. He also had a nice bounce-back season for Atlanta, and for all those fans out there, all the haters that don't like him, or have not been fans of him the past two years, remember... Bazemore is a guy who took less money to stay here in the ATL to play for the Hawks. He had bigger contract offers elsewhere, stayed in Atlanta, stayed with a team that gave him this opportunity to make this much money and to be this type of a player. And yes, it is a massive contract, but that was market value at the time during that free agency period. That's what players like him were getting paid. He took that deal. So don't hate on Kent. He had a good year. 
And now finally to talk about the draft. For the Hawks draft position, they've officially been eliminated from the playoffs, which ends their decade-long playoff streak from 2008 to 2017. That's a 10-season streak. This season, the Hawks are 20-50 and and have the third-worst record in the league and the worst in the East. Tankathon.com gives Atlanta a 46.9% chance at securing the top pick in the 2018 NBA Draft and a 15.6% chance at the number one overall selection. Atlanta's chances at the top pick will depend on how Memphis plays and also Phoenix. Memphis has 18 wins, Phoenix 19. So those teams all contending for the number one overall pick. Now for the Hawks, they do have a tough schedule ahead. And now finally to talk about the picks. In round one, Atlanta will get the Rockets pick, which currently, if the draft were to happen right now, it would be the 30th pick in the draft. Atlanta will for sure get that wherever it may land because Houston will make the playoffs. And also Atlanta, from a previous trade, has a shot at the Timberwolves pick. It's lottery protected. If Atlanta wants the pick, Minnesota will have to make the playoffs. They have a fairly easy schedule ahead. It looks like there's a good chance Atlanta will get the pick. That would make it three first-rounders for the Hawks. And then in a later show, I'll tell you who I think Atlanta should take if they were to get those three picks, who they should take at the top of the draft. That will all be very interesting, especially if Atlanta can secure that top three pick, which it looks like they will. Especially if they get the number one or number two pick, that would be really interesting. Now, if they got the number three overall, I think... The consensus from a lot of people that I've seen is they like Aiton, they like Luka Doncic from overseas, they also like Bagley from Duke. That's very interesting because there's a lot of discussion, but I think if Atlanta got the third overall pick, it would make things fairly easy because then they get the leftover of that top crop. But then you still got the draft preparation season where players can be big risers. You've got March Madness still going on, which is where some players can make A big case to be drafted. An example would be Tyler Dorsey. Mr. March last year for Oregon. Had a great campaign in the month of March. Ended up getting drafted in the second round by the Hawks. And of course, Dorsey recently has earned himself more time. He's been doing fairly well with it. I like what I've seen from him. For Atlanta, the draft is going to be very interesting. And I think right now a lot of fans of the Hawks are concentrated and focused more on the draft and what will happen there in terms of positioning than they are in the actual games and season, which sure is fine. But look for the growth in the team. Tarion Prince is a guy who has absolutely taken over. So watch him. And of course, John Collins is always there being, in my opinion, one of the top 25 players in the league under the age of 25. There's a bright future ahead for Atlanta, but a lot of unknowns, a lot of X-factors. There's a free agency period ahead where Atlanta has money. There's some draft picks Atlanta needs to hit on. But I think... You've got Prince, you've got Collins. Those guys can be starters. You get your draft pick who's top three. He should be a starter. Get a big-time free agent or somebody in the trade. That's four of your starters for Atlanta that should be solid. And then maybe if you have remaining free agent money or if you have a guy on the team that you like, maybe you try to get Dwayne Deadman or something like that, maybe to bring him off the bench if you're going to start Collins. I mean, lots of interesting things could happen for Atlanta. I think one thing they would like to add in free agency in the offseason would be some shooting. They lost those guys I talked about at the trade deadline, most namely Eliasova and Bellinelli. They're going to have to replace that shooting. They have Torian Prince, a solid shooter, but I think that's something Atlanta would look for as they go in the offseason. With this season as a whole, they've been an above-average three-point shooting team, so that will be something to watch 
as well. Now, of course, for Atlanta, if they were to get maybe a number one or number two overall pick and get Aiton from Arizona, then you have Aiton and Collins. That would be really a dynamic duo. I would love to watch that. Whether those two guys are on the floor at the same time, whether one comes off the bench and one starts to start out their careers, that would be really cool. And with that, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to the Birds and Braves podcast, now available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Also, be sure to find us on Twitter at Birds Braves Pod, on Facebook at Birds and Braves Podcast, and also on Instagram at Birds and Braves Podcast. You can also find the show on our website, birdsandbraves.podbean.com. And also, you can email the show and get in touch with us at birdsandbravespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for tuning in. I'm Luke Winstle. I appreciate your support. And I will see you back soon with another show.